Hello and welcome to MacBytes episode 45. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode we catch up with all the news from MacBytes headquarters including our iPhone 4 experience. We chat to some real live MacBiters and Elaine spends Friday afternoon talking to James, the brains behind Woodpad. Yes, but before all that let's catch up on uh, what we were talking about last time. Um... Yes, we had to transfer our sims. I think we were right in the middle of it last time, weren't we? We were, and um, apart from a slight incident with getting the, the uh, sim card detached... Well, yes, yeah, sort of. Uh, we, we were one of the few who actually managed to get our sim card, so I thought we were home and dry. But I was being so careful prizing my prized <laughs> sim, um, trying to detach it from the card, like you say, um, I was, I was being really careful until just at the last moment it twanged out and shot across the room. <laughs> yes, luckily it was in the opposite direction to the um, rather large bowl of ice cream that was sat just to my right. Luckily it didn't go into the dog's mouth either. No, luckily he wasn't there because he's rather partial to anything that I've got. Mm. Um, yeah, the transfer was relatively painless. I decided to um, transfer my... I suppose it's your account, isn't it, to a new sim um, on the 3G. Um, and it only took about four hours, although it did warn me it could take 48 hours, which was why I decided to do it early. But I was risking having no phone at all at this rate. Um, but, yeah, four hours and it was done. Yeah, and uh, I think I saw a tweet from you at about half past three in the morning, which said uh, that it was all successful. Yeah, what happened was the services sort of dropped off in episodes. First of all, the 3G went... Uh, and I thought, oh, I've got no 3G. Then the visual voicemail went. But at this stage, I, I still had um, O2 showing in the corner. Eventually, the O2 indicator went and it announced no service. So that was the point I decided I would put the other SIM in and hope for the best. And uh, it was it was painless, which was scary. The hard part was actually getting your hands on the SIM. But uh, other than that, it was uh, all done and we were good to go. Yeah, I think I found the same. I think I, I woke up at, at some, some silly time in, in the morning. And like you said, um, I had lost some of the service. I think I'd lost the 3G. Um, and I thought, oh, something's happening here. Either that or 3G's gone uh, awry. And then uh, come the next morning, it did say no service. So I did actually swap the SIM before I took the dog out because I thought, you know, um, I can't really go out with no iPhone. Yeah, but you wouldn't be worried about the phone, would you? It'd be the data that you'd be concerned about and that had already gone. That's true. That's true. Indeed. I think I've only done that twice. Um, in all the while, I've had a mobile phone, which is... Ooh, uh, oh, dear me, I was at uni. So about 18 years, I was an early adopter. And I think I've only done that twice. Um, it's always quite worrying, but uh, it went well. Is it that long since we've had a mobile phone? Yeah, it, ringing people used to cost about £1.50 a minute. So it, it really, it was for safety I got it um, after a rather awkward incident on a motorway, which I won't go into. It's all right. It, it, was, nothing, it was nothing salacious. Um, but it, it was sort of, there are mobile phones out there and, you know, you're on your own and you need one. But I, I hardly ever used it. And to be honest, I didn't actually, I mean, I don't make that many voice calls now. But um, at the time, I certainly didn't make that many voice calls. You could never afford it. But we had a kind of system, didn't we? Where we'd give two rings and we'd know what the other one meant. <laughs> and that didn't cost anything. Good whisking, Flint. <laughs> actually, our first phones were, were great. You could put, actually, you could put all our phones, except the iPhones, into a museum. Absolutely. absolutely. The, the first one was, was great with that big, um, big aerial. 
No, yeah, but the people are going to be thinking you mean that big brick thing. No, it, it was... Um, oh, it, it was modern by comparison to that. It was uh, a Nokia, wasn't it, with um, like a very thin aerial with like um, a plastic bit on the end that you pulled out. But we'll come back to aerials later, won't we? We will do. We were also talking about... Um, oh, yes, I've got to do this now. Now the World Cup's over, just just give me one more go. Yes, it's the Vuvuzela. <gasps> I'm going to have to wait four years to use that again, aren't I? Yeah. Well, I'm happy with the World Cup because I won the... Uh, I was going to say lottery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won the sweet steak at work, £16, and uh, nobody's paid up yet. No. You wouldn't have won much if you had had England. Anyway, I was playing my Vuvuzela because um, I was talking about that I had um, hijacked my ITV with Audio Hijack Pro and um, squelched the Vuvuzelas down. And um, ITV must have been watching and they brought out a special edition just for the World Cup, which had an extra menu option to um, do that for you. I was surprised it worked as well as it did. It yeah, was very, it, it very good. It worked really well because uh, what I did is I did flick between on and off and you could definitely tell the difference. Yeah, it did make the commentary uh, a little more high-pitched, but nothing. once you once you turn the option on, nothing that dis distracted from what, what you were listening to at all. So um, I'm impressed with them. They were uh, well on the ball then. Do you know if they've updated it to remove it? No, not yet. So it's still there uh, and sadly unused at the moment. Maybe it's because um, we're going to have all the victory parades and um, the inquis inquisitions into was the referee good or bad. So maybe they're leaving it for a week or so. But I think that was uh, very, very shrewd on their part. And uh, also we talked about new Mac minis and they are indeed gorgeous, but it didn't have Blu-ray. Yes, I'm still holding out for Blu-ray, but apparently it's not coming anytime soon, according to Steve. So I'm going to be waiting a long time. You know, I think I'm going to try a bit of reverse psychology here and say I'm not in the slightest bit bothered about Blu-ray anymore. And I also mentioned that Steve needed a secretary and um, in between this episode and the last one, he's been at it again. Or has he? Apple swore blind it wasn't him. Um, the It was the Boy Genius um, report. And it wasn't... It wouldn't have been good if he'd said what they said he'd said. So everyone else was saying, no, it wasn't true. But they came back and said it was. And it was all to do with um, telling somebody to not worry. It's just a phone. Get a life uh, <laughs> in essence. So I think I'm going to start a campaign to get Steve a secretary because it's it's detracting from everything else that pretty much anyone could come out and say, look, Steve Jobs wrote to me and about 80% of people would believe you, no matter what it said or no matter what you said he said. So I think he, he needs to knock that off and get a secretary. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, if somebody said to you, it's only a phone, get a life, what would you say? Or do even? Well, would this depend if it was Steve Jobs or not? <laughs> I think it would. Um, well, I suppose it is only a phone, isn't it? But it's so much more. It's, it's not so only much a more. phone. Yeah, you can't say things like, it's only a phone and get away with it. You really can't. No. But moving swiftly on. Yes, um, first of all, before all the excitement with iPhone 4, we had iOS 4 to update on our 3Gs, which I can summarise in one word. It was a nightmare. Um, I backed up before I'd started, and I'd only just said, hadn't I, that you know I'd really sorted it out and, and the backup seemed to be great. I, um, I'd updated iTunes and my backups that were taking five hours were only taking sort of six, seven minutes. Oh, it was fabulous. 
until I decided to back it up once more. Again, it was very fast and then go into the nightmare that was the iOS 4 update and the backup that it was oh, by this stage in the process of making was threatening to take days rather than hours. So um, I tweeted out and said I could be here some time and uh, Mark Dalton came back with a terminal hack to disable the backup. Now, I could do that because I already had a backup um, and I'd backed it up three times in under 10 minutes at this stage and I'd also made a backup of that backup. So I wouldn't have disabled the backup without manually having one. Um, but it did work. It's just a one line terminal command. And then when I'd finished, um, I used it, the, it again with a different Boolean on it. So I turned the backup disabled. Yes. And then I put device backups disabled. No. And turned it back on. But it still took an absolute age. It was the longest update I've ever done. And it was also the most hairy. Um, there were lots of reports of failures at various stages too. And by this stage, I was halfway through doing it. So it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I you, you said to me that you thought it could be because I had so many photos on that. Yeah, I'd read something... Um... It must have been on one of the forums where people were saying that the, the the length of the backup is related to the number of photos you've got on there. And I'd actually taken most of my photos off. Uh, I think I'd done it in preparation for uh, the for the the for getting the iPhone four. Actually, I think I'd done it in preparation for that. So I had very few photos on there anyway. Well, I had. A I'll hold my hands up. I had a lot of photos, but I had very little in the way of music or audio books or anything like that. And with it being a 3G, there was no video on it either. So I was thinking once it's backed up a photo, I was assuming the backup it did was incremental in some way and that it wouldn't have to, you know, if you've got a thousand photos on there, it doesn't have to back them up every single time. It can do some kind of comparison, but maybe it didn't. Yeah, I don't um, know how it does it. Eventually it came back to life, but it was absolutely horrible the process it's one of those scary moments isn't it well it actually you know i'm, I'm sure i said on my bites a couple of episodes ago that i had never actually done a restore um i like to work out what the problem is and try and fix it rather than just you know wipe it restore it and hope everything's okay mm, that's my job <laughs> mm, yes you dive in uh but this time it kind of did that on its own so i was sitting watching it thinking this is horrible it's horrible it all told it, it took at least four hours it was it was horrible uh, and when it had finished it had actually managed to disable a lot of stuff and turn the wi-fi off and all sorts of stuff and then of course i had to remember to um re-enable the backups to make sure that i had a backup of the new installation and not the oh it was horrible at, th at that point i remembered you mentioning something the backup disabler. Yes, of course, I was hacking about in the terminal as usual. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't want to hack around in the terminal, there is something called the backup disabler. Uh, and I'll, I'll stick a note in the, uh, the link in the show notes to it. But it just runs as an app on your Mac uh, and you get a little box coming up with two buttons that say enable backup or disable backup. And uh, what it, I presume what it does is it edits the, it just provides a GUI interface to uh, editing those uh, 
I was going to say registry then. <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah. I'm just so used to saying editing the registry. Um, just editing those terminal lines. I think this just provides a GUI interface. Uh, we did cover it quite a long time ago on MacBytes. Probably um, when your backups were taking forever. Yeah, well, that's why I found it, because it, it was. It was a long time ago. My backups were taking forever, and I just looked for something that would disable the backups. I know it's not good to disable backups on a permanent basis, but uh, I think if they are taking a horrendous amount of time and you've already got everything backed up anyway... Um, then it, I think it's something you can do. And it just... certainly made me think about what's on the phone in terms of apps and the settings within the apps mm. um, and what I am actually backing up. So I'm taking the photos off probably more than I, I have done before. Um, it just really made you think about it much more, which isn't a bad thing. But this time I was the guinea pig, wasn't I? You were, uh, because I decided to leave it. Um, I think it was lack of time. First of all, I've seen how long yours was taking. And then I I think I, need, I, I didn't get around to it till later in the, the evening. And I like to take my phone, I was going to say to bed with me then. <laughs> well, I do, I take it to bed because I've got my, my alarm clock on it. Oh, God. I don't actually put it in Some people take me. a teddy bear and you take your phone. <laughs> yes, but it's cute and lovable. Really? Let's not go there. Um, yeah, so I... No. It's, of course, it had nothing to do with the fact that the Sky Sports app did, didn't work, did it? Sky Sports app doesn't work. No, Sky Sports didn't didn't work. It does now. They have updated it, yeah. Um, yes, the Sky Sports app did need, didn't did work with iOS 4. Uh, it now does work with iOS 4. Um but that's another story altogether because I've now got this sports app on my iPhone 4 and Sky seems to think it's registered with my 3G. Fabulous. So I've got to get onto Sky on a very expensive premium rate number and sort that out before the start of the football season. Uh, but yes, I finally did get round to putting iOS 4 onto my iPhone 3G. I then put a Vodafone SIM into it, which I'd taken from a very old um, Vodafone Pageago phone that I got from um, Argus about five years ago. And what I then did, on your advice, is turned off the 3G and turned off the cellular data. Well, that's pretty much one of the crucial things I found in iOS 4, because I was doing exactly the same with my old 3G. Um, and the SIM that I had did have some kind of data enabled on it on pay as you go. But I never really understood in what way it charged you, because at the time, I don't think there was 3G. It was either Edge or um, GPRS. And I thought, well, I don't want to put a pay as you go SIM in here and then having the, th the thing accessing push email and stuff. So I wanted to turn off cellular data completely which wasn't an option with um, what was iPhone 3 software. But having tried it on the iPad, I thought this is exactly what I need. Um, and it was one of the things in iOS 4. So I'd gone in and turned it off. I'm in a fabulous battery life now <laughs> with all the data turned off. Yeah, I actually wasn't going to bother putting um, OS 4 onto the 3G. I was going to leave it with iOS 3. OS 3. Um, but I think the push was what you've just said, which was needing to turn cellular data off. And the only way to do that is to put uh, OS 4 on it. Well, I am hopeful that they will bring out um, an update to iOS 4 because it doesn't run well on the 3G. Now, what I'm going to do is strip it down. So take all those photos off um, 
and try and optimize it a bit but at the moment it's running very slowly but your update went very well considering yeah i think it was it was fairly straightforward just took me about an hour uh <laughs> what mm. At least something went right for me for a change. Mm, true. What um, I did this morning, actually, was I just turned it on. I turned the 3G on because um, I wanted to see if I could get 3G from Vodafone uh, where I work. And I couldn't. But it did take about two minutes to completely boot up, which is a heck of a long time, isn't it? I always thought the 3G took quite a while to um, boot up, so I hardly ever turned it off mm. unless I absolutely had to. Um but yeah, I agree with you. It, it is very slow at the moment, but I think I'd have had to have done it anyway because I wanted to turn the data off. So you, you would have to do that. But I'm hoping that they will bring out some kind of update. Um, I tried all sorts of weird incantations with it. Apparently, if you um, hard reset it twice, it speeded up. It actually seems to go slower to me. So that wasn't great. But um, at least I managed to get my Vodafone SIM working because I'd already had um, my phone unlocked. But they were supposed to be sending me a text to tell me it was unlocked. And I never got one, so I assumed it wasn't. But I thought, well, I'll try my SIM in it anyway. Uh, and it, it was fine. So they'd obviously just not sent me um, the text to confirm it. But you had had the text to confirm it. <laughs> I had had the text to confirm it. So I put the old SIM in and it came up and says SIM failure. Mm. And then I got I had another SIM as well, another Voda SIM. So I put that in and that also said um, SIM failure. And when I tried to... Um, connect it to itunes it told me that uh this phone doesn't have a sim in it or something like that yeah it looked like the the tray had been damaged to be honest because it's more than one sim you know that that drawer that everybody has at home that you put things in that don't live anywhere else ours oh, is full of old drawer. sims yeah. mm. <laughs> so i think you've been through and tried every sim we had and you were getting the same message with all of them which made it look like it was a phone problem you until i got involved yes i don't mm. know what you did <laughs> like you i did, said it was a weird incantation whatever you did i'm sure i did the same the week before and it didn't work yes but it works when i do it yes you had the magic touch yes i managed to um plug it into my itunes which your phone had never been plugged into before maybe that was the trick um and it, up came a message saying it's unlocked fine put a sim in and it mm. was now We've had situations like that before. Do you remember that shuffle of mine, that I iPod do. shuffle? Oh, what a nightmare. It it would take one on itself um, and I'd plug it in and it just would not recognise it. It wouldn't even recognise it sufficiently so I could um, check for an update. But, and I, I tried everything with it. Um, I tried separate cables. I tried all sorts. It just would not recognise it. So I'd virtually booked a Genius Bar appointment, um, give it a, a good burial. And you plugged it in yours and it worked first time. So you were able to put the software update on it for me and then give it back to me. So I think it's, you can't really say this, can you? Because, you know, Macs are so expensive, but it's handy to have a spare one. If you could <laughs> yes. possibly have a spare Mac with a spare installation of um, iTunes, it would probably be very beneficial for situations like that. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, with all that behind us, iPhone, 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 iPhone. iPhone. Or should that be? iPhone, 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 iPhone. 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 <laughs> No, no, this is getting silly, isn't it? Can you imagine when they're up to uh, release 11? No, no, no. Right, iPhone, iPhone 4. Yes, as we said, uh, there were indeed by release day lots of tariffs, lots and lots and lots of tariffs. 
I must admit, I did look at them all and then decided I would stay with what I'd got. I didn't want to muddy the waters um, at the point I'm trying to get hold of said iPhone to be changing contract as well. Obviously, I went for a SIM-free one, so I can change that later. But um, th like I predicted, there were way too many tariffs. Yes, we had that rant in the last episode, didn't we? We did, and I was right. Yeah. You actually found a spreadsheet um, online, which was very, very useful, just to show you all the different tariffs and all the permutations. And, uh, yeah, I looked at it and I just thought, like you said, I just want something simple. I'd like to stay with O2, but I want to look at the alternatives, but I don't want to spend all night. And we did have it sorted. And you, you, know, you said, I just don't want to go through the whole process of trying to work it out again. Well, some, you know, I mean, it, it's a done deal, isn't it? It's very simple. If you are in an area and you have no O2 coverage, then it's simple. You'll go with somebody else. Um, but we, I think the only one we've not had coverage from was three. So I would have to ignore three, but pretty much got a great signal from Orange doing well with O2. Uh, Tesco uses O2. Um, I have had pretty good coverage from Vodafone. Uh, not that I would fancy Vodafone, but um, what I noticed was I checked out the Apple site and they had a list of all the people providing um, tariffs. So all their... Um, authorised providers and I was surprised when I looked at this um you know one of those tables they do with all the checkboxes in it yeah that there are I think there was only O2 provided everything uh you know we talked about um visual voicemail when I looked at this and, and I expected to see sort of the, the primary carriers you know orange um O2 Vodafone I expected them all to have everything and I don't think I don't think there was one that actually had the lot I think apart from O2 um, there are alternatives apparently I'm reliably informed there are alternatives which I am going to have to have a look at because um, the Vodafone pay-as-you-go sim um, doesn't have the visual voicemail so I'm going to have to look at those alternatives but I was surprised I just assumed that all the carriers that had been authorised would have all the features and they didn't but it's not just tariffs either is it? It's not. Uh, uh, there's other things that come into it. You know, customer service is obviously important, uh, and we'll discuss more of that later. But uh, just going back to Vodafone, something that I wanted to do is literally go to a Vodafone shop and buy a pay-as-you-go SIM so I could test it out. Because, as I said, somebody had said that there was a Vodafone 3G available uh, where I worked, and, you know, as people know, I work in the middle of a field, and I think somebody has actually built a Vodafone mast in the middle of our field. Probably out of Lego. So, you know, I just wanted to go out, buy a fiver. I think you can get pay-as-you-go sims for a fiver, put it into the iPhone, and uh, when I got to the shop, they said, no, you can't actually do that. Um, you've got to sign up for a minimum of a 30-day contract. Uh, at Which, pound. again, is something we'll be coming back to later. But uh, I've since found out by testing it that uh, Vodafone doesn't have 3G. It does have five bars on the uh, the, the, the phone bit, but it oh, doesn't have 3G. don't talk about yeah. bars on the phone, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about that later, aren't we? Yeah, the other thing I noticed was... Um, there was um, a report from Ofcom about PAC codes and the transfer of PAC codes. Now, that was something that I thought, well, it's a bit of a pain when you request a PAC code that often your network don't oblige. They certainly don't oblige in a timely manner. Yes, Vodafone, I'm looking at you. 
Um, and this report is saying that they're making it, Ofcom are now making it easier to switch networks. You still have to request the PAC code, but they must reply and deal with it within a couple of hours. I think that's only fair. Well, at this stage, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, OK, OK. You think to yourself, why they can't just give you a PAC code when you request it? Um, but as I read on, it actually got more interesting. Um, apparently, we're one of the few countries in the UK where it can't be done automatically. Um, so instead of requesting a PAC code from your existing supplier and then passing that on to who you want to go to, apparently who you want to go to, uh, particularly in Europe, for example, can just sort that out for you. And I thought, hmm, now that might be easier. Um, but apparently they'd rejected that in the UK. And I thought, well, why would you do that? It would surely be easier. I mean, if you think about my situation with Vodafone and O2 two years ago, um, I requested a PAC code numerous times and got ignored numerous times. If I could have just said to O2, can you deal with it? And they could have done, then it would have been dealt with. So that looked appealing to me until I read on and then I thought, ah, they're quite right. Sadly, in the UK, they're quite right. And the point they made was that if the network you were going to could do that uh, single-handedly with no confirmation involved from who you're with at the moment, um, they might be a little preemptive, shall we say. And the example they gave was, you know, these people who have come knocking at your door once the gas was deregulated and they want you to take your gas and electric from their whiz-bang company. Have you heard about that? Yeah. And yeah. they knock at the door and, uh, you know, you don't have to sign anything. They, as soon as they set eyes on you, they put a tick in a box and that's it. You're, you're, you're converted to them, apparently. Um, and it's to stop situations like that where that you are being transferred and you've not actually authorised it. And I thought, you know, only in Britain. Only in Britain could this happen. You know, all of Europe do it a different way. Um, but I, I think I do agree with that. But I think there should be rules about how long it takes because it took Vodafone nearly three weeks with me. And I was screaming at them at this stage. You'd, you'd think they'd be glad to get rid of me, but apparently not. So I think that's good news. And I, I like the safety valve on that, that you're not going to be transferred just because you've made an inquiry somewhere, which we have seen sharp practices with other things. That so, always um, frightens me. You know, you ring somewhere and you just make an inquiry and you've got a, a pushy salesperson on the other end. And it's, oh, no, 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 I'm just making an inquiry at this stage. Oh, they don't understand that. No, 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 they don't understand that at all. Insurance is just like that where you go to these comparison sites and you put in all your details and then wonder why you're being sold insurance for the next 20 years on a car you no longer own. That sounds um, like I, can't, I can't be doing with that at all. No, I have a, a, an understanding with my insurer that if they ring me, I will move somewhere else. So I think it's written right across the file. Do not ring this woman under any circumstances. Pretty much like the bank. Mm. But anyway, on to our experience with our purchase. Did it all go swimmingly well? <laughs> Uh, I had it all sorted this time, didn't Where I? Where should we start? The car park. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. My ongoing issue with the car park. The car park from hell. No, I had it sorted this time, didn't I? I had um, an iPad. I had an A to Z. I had an iPhone. They weren't going to outwit me this time. Um, I'd even got the uh, route planned to that entrance that I went to last time that took me an hour to get there. Oh, yes, I knew where they all were. What could possibly go wrong? 
Well, I think the first thing that went wrong was we decided to... Uh, well, we were there a lot earlier, weren't we? So we didn't have all the roadwork issues. So, so it was going well. Until we turned the corner. Uh, if you know Manchester, it's um, Withy Grove, isn't it? I Withy think Grove. So. And then we saw it, didn't we? The and queue. it was horrible. Yes, the queue. Um, the uh, normally the Arndale open up and let you inside, but the queue was outside the Arndale and went pretty much the full length of Withy Grove. I was horrified. I'd never seen a queue at an Apple store anything like it, and I was sort of. I was concerned at this point, but I thought, it's all right. I'm going to head them off at the pass. Let's get into the car park. Because I knew once we got into the car park, assuming we could get into the car park with my track record, we'd be OK because there was a door inside and we could sneak straight into the centre and not queue up outside, which was fine in theory. Yes. Uh, what happened? You looked through this door. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. We, we got in. At least we got in. We yeah, we got this in, time we got in, got in the and it car. was very quiet, wasn't it? I thought, this is fantastic. There was about three cars there. That was about it. And I thought, this is brilliant because we can park right opposite these doors. And it's literally, you know, 10 yards, you're through the doors, you're in the lift, you're at the Apple store. Fabulous. But what mm. happened when you pushed the door? It was locked. And then when you peeped through the glass on the door, you said, they're letting them in. I know. They'd open the doors downstairs and I'm stuck on the seventh floor of the car park. <laughs> so this was seven o'clock. Like Tiny Tim. This was seven o'clock. They were not supposed to be opening the Apple store till <laughs> eight. But I think they decided to open it early to, to try and get everybody sorted. Well, I'm blaming you because if you'd have taken a crowbar, I'd have been through there, wouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, so there I am this time. Last time we were locked out of the car park and this time, oh, yes, I'm locked in the car park and I can't get out. So I tried pushing, shoving, kicking, weeping and wailing and none of it worked, did it? Crying because they were letting them in. <laughs> they were letting them in. It was dreadful. I could there, see all these people. There's my iPhone. It's, it's there and it's going. I know. <laughs> so um, we, we did manage to... Hey, I did quite well because you would have known where to go. Um, I did manage to extricate us from said car park eventually. Um, and luckily this queue, which by this stage was ooh, snaking... Round and round and round. Yes, it, it was going up its own tail at this stage. Uh, there was a huge, huge queue. It's the biggest queue for any release I've ever seen. Um, and we sort of staggered into the back of it thinking, oh dear, we're going to be here for a week. Um, to say, you know, is, is this the queue? <laughs> so, so very British, isn't it? State the obvious. Is this the queue? And luckily they said, um, this is the queue for the non-reservation people. And I thought, people have turned up without a reservation. Are you insane? Yeah, I mean, um, it's only a phone, isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> after that, after what happened with the iPad? You'd reserve, wouldn't you? You would reserve, yeah, or you'd order on, you know, order for delivery. You, I don't, I can't imagine turning up at an Apple store on launch day and expecting to get a phone. I really can't. Um, not with with tales of how well they were selling and the fact they were out of stock everywhere. So uh, luckily we oh we must have cut out at least fifty percent of the queue, headed up there and uh, got put in another queue and we there was only about six eight people in front of us. Yeah, we did we did all right on that queue. They they had um, the queuing down to a fine art though, didn't they? Oh yes, we're very British. There were five queues um, and they were feeding into the store. What they'd done was they'd split it out. Um, it's in the middle of um, Arndale Centre, so instead of having all the queues going one way. 
way. We had a queue going from the store to the left, and that was for all the people who turned up without reservations. And then on the right was the queue for reservations. But not satisfied with that, they then split those queues down. So in the non-reservation queue, there was um, they split it into two, SIM-free and people who wanted to sign up for a contract, because obviously that would take longer for the paperwork. And in the reservations queue, that got complicated. They nearly lost us a few times, didn't they? Because it was um, three queues, SIM-free, new contracts and renewal of contracts. So um, because they were taking like more from the, I think it was 10 to 1 wasn't it it was they were taking 10 people from the reservation queue alternating it between the three different queues and then they'd take one from the non-reserved queue so it was all very complicated and they actually seemed quite confused as to which queue should be where but um, they kept us entertained with the sustenance we had water coffee and we'd reserved, so... We didn't get Danish pastries, the O2 lot did, though. Yes, but that's because there was only about half a dozen of them there. Mm, and only three of Vodafone. True, but we'd reserved, so what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Did anything go wrong? <laughs> well, I was sat down, I, I didn't see your face, but yes, we went in and um, I had my paperwork with me and uh, he came back with a phone, notice that, a phone, and said... Oh, you can't pre-order two. What? That's not a good time to find that out. So I tweeted quickly as I was hyperventilating. Um, I, I think all of that stemmed from problems on pre-order day, which we had problems with, with the iPads. We decided to put in two orders for the iPads in case there were any issues. And on the basis that, you know, if, if it went missing, one might get here. And then, of course, they sent them with separate couriers and that left me sitting here courier spotting all day. So we figured with this one, the site was down so badly on pre-order day because the, the Mac Mini came out as well. You couldn't actually go through the pre-order process. So I managed to sneak in um, via going straight to the store I wanted to pre-order from and doing it via them, which meant that you missed out the first two pages, which everyone was hitting. Um, so having had such problem trying to pre-order, I decided I might as well just do it once and pre-order two phones. And it didn't stop me. There was a drop-down box. It, it, I think it let me have up, up to about three or four. So I thought, this is fine. And I got a confirmation. Absolutely fine. Until we <laughs> arrived. Isn't hers. Mm. Well, I... I nearly died i thought this is ridiculous um i did i i mean i had printed the email out i had it on my iphone but i'd also printed it out and they did actually take it off us didn't they and go into the back and have a powwow about it and i thought this is ludicrous when you you know if the, if it had said on pre-order you can only order one then i'd have done it twice but to to let you order two and then say you can't have them when you arrive is ridiculous but um they came round to my way of thinking just as I was gearing up to sort it all out. I think they'd realised that, because it was the same store when we sorted out the iPads, wasn't it? I think they know who yes. you are. Yes, I don't think they mm. want me gearing up for anything in that store. So he he toddled back with another one, thankfully. Um, then it was fairly simple, wasn't it? We literally just paid for it and um, they had activation centres around the store. So it was all organised, um, but we elected to toddle off and do it ourselves so they'd um the genius bar wasn't actually taking appointments and uh, you went down the genius bar there were geniuses around if you needed a hand but we were pretty sorted weren't we we've got the macbook pro copious cables sims 
Paper clips. Oh, yes, and a craft knife. And a cuddly toy. Well, you might have had a cuddly toy. <laughs> I um, think only our knife. English listeners will understand that one. Yes. But the craft knife did actually come in handy, didn't it? And that was because the SIM that I'd put in the 3G, the micro SIM was inside it, so you had to push the micro SIM out. Um, but unfortunately, yours went okay, but with mine, it wouldn't come out properly. So I did actually need that craft knife. You see, you thought I was insane when I was packing. <laughs> why are you taking a craft knife now? You know why. Uh, yeah. Be prepared. Yeah, but it only took about 20 minutes, didn't it? It, it authorised, it authenticated whatever it needed to do straight away. And um, we were away to, to play with it. It was um, painless, actually, wasn't it? Surprisingly so, given... Imagine, you see, I, I'm, I'm immune to it now. You know, the first time, we didn't even know what time they were opening the next morning, do you remember? Mm. And you're hyperventilating and running around, and you're on the net, and you're ringing them up. And now it's like, you know, whatever... What will be, will be, and you'll have to sort it out on the day because there really is no point in planning. Um, but I I thought one thing that could happen is that the activation service would melt, as usual. But that all went seamlessly well. So I, I was tweeting from my new toy before we left the store. And I did actually take a, a quick video as well of the queue because it was still horrendous, wasn't it? Hours it later. Was, it was three times around the place still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we th I think the biggest queue apart from that I'd seen was probably the Leopard launch. And we said it was surprising that the Leopard launch, it was busier than, than the very first iPhone. I was surprised at that. I was very yeah. surprised at that. But this time, it was as if something had happened this time. Um, it just got in, into the public psyche. Everybody wanted an iPhone 4. So um, we retired to Waterstones to check out FaceTime and generally annoy the natives, really. Yeah, and uh, then I went back and I had a chat with some of the poor people who were still in the queue. Oh yes, the real live MacBiters. What is it you're getting? Um, iPhone 4. iPhone 4, <laughs> right. What, the 32 gig or the 16? 16. 16, excellent. And uh, you think you'll get there soon? Um, I hope so. I did reserve it. I thought I'd just walk right in. You did reserve it? Yes. Yeah, I was here at 7 o'clock this morning and we got ours about half past 8. Really? So, yeah. So uh, I, I think, expected the queue, though. Yeah, I think you'll get one. Um, in fact, I know you'll get one. And uh, they're great. I've, uh, I've been having a play with it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get one of these uh, cover things? Um, I don't know. I think you really need one, only because um, what I've read is that when you touch the sides, because um, it's metal, you uh, end up getting a lower signal on the phone. Right. Yeah, no problem, have a look. Tell me what you think of it. I think it looks like the 3GS with the case on. Yeah, yeah. it's a different case, but yeah. some of the functions are slightly different. But... Alright, anyway, yeah. I never had the 3GS. I had the original 3G and then I've gone up to the 4. Right, okay. okay, thanks. I'll find another willing victim now. <laughs> is this your first iPhone? No. No, no okay. this is my third. Really? Third. You're a veteran of it now. So what are you going for, the 16 or the 32? Uh, just going for the 16. It's, I've, I've always had the 16. It's, it's always been enough. Yeah, so. good. What's your favourite apps? Uh, we were just talking about that before. It's mostly games like uh, Flight Control, uh, Angry Birds, Doodle Jump. Everyone loves Doodle Jump. 
Um, paper toss as well. Paper, yeah. paper, paper toss. Paper toss is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Uh, I was here about oh. seven o'clock. Got in about oh, half past eight. So. Uh, is that the bumper, by the way? That's the bumper. Have they got them in stock. Then? They've got them in stock. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what people have said on Twitter, you really need one of these because when you touch the sides being metal, it does reduce the um, reception. The reception. So uh, I think I've been conned out with 25 quid. They've got <laughs> different colours as well? Or? They've only got black in. Smart than black. I think that's all I'd want anyway. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want the pink one. <laughs> but uh, it does look nice. It looks nice. And I brought my uh, MacBook as well, so I've, uh, I've even synced it. So I've got... Come on. I've got my applications there on there. Most important was my Twitter client. <laughs> okay, well, good luck. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be in there soon. Awesome. Thought I'd throw this out there. I'd, I'm not just like. You like it? Is yeah, that the three TS? Uh, no, this is the four. Oh, that's the four, right? Already, just before like all of the three hundred people or something. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was in there about half past eight this morning. What do you think of it? It's actually a pretty good phone. I really enjoy it. I really like the screen, but I don't like that if you hold both your hands over it, you actually lose your signal slowly. Yes, that's why you need one of the bumpers. However, you can actually still, if it eventually starts to go, you will actually keep the signal so you can keep a phone call, which is quite funny. So Right, brilliant. It's a bit dodgy, but I really like it. So. Yeah, and you've synced it already, have you? I haven't synced it yet. I've literally just got it, so, and I just thought I'd come and press. Yeah. So what are you guys getting, the 16 or the 32? Uh, 32. 32, yeah. Yeah. 16's going to be too small, especially with HD. That's what we thought, because I've had the 16, I had the 3G, the original one, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to put lots of music and lots of stuff on there, but when the video, when you start putting video on, you need that space. I reckon if you get a 16, people will want to upgrade to the 64 or 32 in yeah. 64. Yeah, start yeah. Video editing will just eat it. Yeah. And you need the 64 gig. So I'm off to buy uh, iMovie, I think. Stick oh, yeah, that on there. I think it's 4 99 so what's that? Is that it's the, the video oh, editing. Okay, yeah. does that not come with it? No, sir. So. Okay, I just assumed it would do, but no. All I, think we all th I think we all thought it would do. Well, because it was in the demo yeah. they did, and yeah. so yeah. I assumed it would be in a little bit worth it. I tried editing the videos from a, an iPhone on my PC in Final Cut Pro, yeah. and it never gets the, uh, the lip sync correct. So it always, uh, you can't edit it properly. So you have to use uh, iMovie or something like that. Yeah. I don't know why, but if you get it on the phone and then just output it, it'll be so much better. It'd be interesting to see how good it, the video editing is on the phone, though, because I wouldn't be surprised if it's not quite as uh, clean and finished as, it, as we make out on the uh, on the movie. On yeah, the that's, what, that's what I thought. I thought because it, it, it's a small device, you know, too fiddly. But you know, it's I think it's something where you can just top and tail it, chop the ends off. Get it up to YouTube. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was on the American um, iTunes store this morning. Yeah. Now whether it's down to the British store yet, I don't know. But I'll go home and have a look. <laughs> All right. Good Thank luck. Yeah. Cheers. Well, it was great to hear from the guys, wasn't it? And um, we shall see you next time, MacBiters, for iPhone 5. Oh, I, I need to lie down before we get that far. I need a rest between this because although we were pretty thrilled to have our hands on it. The problems started straight away, didn't they? Uh, I don't think I had any problems. If you're talking about the antenna problems, I well, don't Well, it think... wasn't a problem particularly with the phone because neither did I. When I say the problems started straight away, you're there with your precious new toy and everybody else is complaining about something. 
first news of the antenna problems have sort of broken the night before and um, I'd seen the video I know I'd shown you the video and it all related to holding it wrong and the signal dropped off so I didn't really know what to expect. No, one of the guys in the queue, as you've probably heard on that um, that interview, said that uh, if you hold it in a certain way, it still seems to work okay. Well, I don't know why people treat the actual bars that are on the phone as sort of scientific, um, you know, a very precise indication of what the signal's like. I mean, obviously, if you've got no bars, you don't assume you've got a signal, but how precise the actual display is i don't know uh, and i hadn't had a problem with o2 before um i don't think i'd ever had a drop call no i don't think i have but funnily enough you know where where at work i might get a signal strength of maybe one but i can still hear it okay so like you say it's it's not science it's just a, a guide it is so I'm sure I've heard too many people in the States say that their coverage is shocking for it not to be. Um, so I can only really talk about my experience going from Vodafone to O2. Vodafone is one of our oldest networks, so I would expect them to have more masts, more coverage generally. Um, so when I moved to O2, I thought, well, I don't really know what this is going to be like. Um, of course, what you're talking about here isn't necessarily the network. It it's supposedly some fault with the phone um obviously the first thing i did because we talked last time about whether i would buy an elastic band didn't we and of course i did buy an elastic band oh, you said you were going pounds. to i knew i would i knew i would um but i did before i put said bumper on the phone hold it and um, i wrapped two hands around it and i touched all the points and i couldn't replicate the issue at all no matter what I did with it, I couldn't replicate it. Uh, I don't know if you did that with yours. I, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I just, um, I didn't hold it in all the different positions because I just thought, you know, I'm going to have to hold this in the way that is natural when I want to make or take a phone call. I don't want to have to sit and think, now, should I hold it this way? Should I hold it that way? Because <laughs> it's, not na it's not natural. You might end up dropping it because you're holding it in the wrong way. I can assure you I went through the Karma Sutra of phone holding. Really? And I could not, yes, really, <laughs> and I could not replicate the problem at all. Um, I, I've, I've actually seen it with my own eyes on a video, so I, can, I have seen it happen, but I cannot replicate it happening no matter how I hold it. So once I couldn't, I put the bumper on it and thought, oh, well, um, don't know what the issue actually is, but I can't replicate that, no. And then, of course, news came out about yellowing screens, which was the next thing. So so once I was over the antenna issue, personally, uh, I then started squinting at it, looking at, for a yellow screen. Um, that was supposed to be a temporary problem from assembly where the glue hadn't dried. This isn't good for £600 worth of toy, is it? <laughs> you know what, I'll tell you what I love is, well, don't love it, but uh, is people who pick up on one thing that they've read on the news and, and you know, they, they say to you, I believe that the yeah, the signal's rubbish. I believe that the screen's I know, rubbish. I know, but they'd never buy one anyway. They're not the kind of people who would buy one anyway. The only thing that was talked about um, that I, I did see firsthand was the white balance on the camera. And uh, once we'd got it, we headed off to lunch. 
and we were in this rather nice hostelry that had uh, natural light coming in from a window behind you but there was um, a light, a wall light uh, next to you on your right and I took a shot of you and I tweeted it and then later on when I was actually looking at this shot I thought whoa it was very very orange, uh, yellowy orange um, virtually 50% of the image but then the side that had the natural light from the window was perfectly white balanced so I looked at a couple of others and you can see that it is much much warmer than you would expect but apart from that um, I hadn't had any problems with that the other issue that people were talking about were the proximity sensor and a lot of people have said that they're having problems with that again I'm not having problems with that maybe it's just me I don't know no, I've not had any problems with that. And going back to the camera yellowing, um, I took a, a photo of a bottle of water and the blue lid came out orange. Well, I did have an issue with the camera, but I'm thinking it's software related. I'm going to put a link up to um, these, these images that I took. But what I was doing was uh, I was testing it out and I took a shot with the camera and the desktop on my Mac is blue. And I took a shot with the camera that the iPhone 4 ships with, and it was fine. And then I went in and I used a camera that I'd used before, a software-based one called Snapture. And when it took the image, the blue was bright orange. And I thought, whoa. So I thought, oh, it must be a blip. I have seen that once before. Um, I think I'd only had my iPhone 3G a week, and I saw that. I had a shot come out very, very blue. So... Chalked up to experience, shut the app down, went back into the app, took another shot. And no, it was completely replicable. Um, it seemed to have, this wasn't a white balance issue. This was just completely off. What it saw as blue was orange. And like you're saying, if you took, uh, the desk was showing up as blue where it's actually brown. So the colour was completely off. Um, and I think it's still doing that. So whether it is a software issue that it's not compatible with iOS 4, I don't know. But uh, those pictures make very interesting viewing. So I'm, I'm not using that one at the moment. I'm using Camera Plus um, if I want to take sort of multiple shots without saving them. Um, I don't think that's... Well, it can't be. It can't be the, the camera itself because it's fine with the inbuilt one. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's software-based, isn't it? I've not used that Camera Plus. Is it good? Um, it is. It is. It's got a, a rather snazzy interface to it. Uh, I think you can upload to its own hosting, but I've not ventured there yet. Um, for me, it's sort of taking shots and then sort of triaging them before you decide to save them to the camera roll um, that I use it for. Uh, it's also got a um, few extra features that the inbuilt camera hasn't. But a very, very popular app at the moment. Uh, I think it was only... 59 pence, I think, as well. That's my kind of price. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly worth having a look at. But all these issues, um, we can't replicate. Well, I certainly can't replicate any of them apart possibly from, from the white balance. But I think the white balance can be fixed with a software update. And it's not that bad. It depends uh, the situation that you're taking the image in. Um, I have tried the proximity sensor business, putting it to my ear and taking it away, putting it back. It seems to be OK, but it, it looks like, again, there's so many people saying they've got issues with it that they must have. So either we were just incredibly lucky with the two phones we got or we're doing something different. I don't know about that. But um, I'm rather disappointed, to be honest, in Apple's response. Um, they, they did put a letter out and 
it it stank of PR to me. But worse than that is they're now deleting threads from the official forum. And I know that companies delete threads. But if people have got a genuine issue, it doesn't set the, the right. It just doesn't send the right message, I don't think. At least if the threads were there, it's sort of we're listening to you. But to actually delete the threads, I'm a little disappointed in Apple for that. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, for, I mean, from that point of view, it's not good. The, the kind of big brother. But also, you know, I use forums a lot to find information to see if other people have got the same problem. And if threads are disappearing, it's like, you know, half of the knowledge is disappearing. Exactly. I mean, it reminded me of when the 27-inch iMacs um, were released and a lot of people were having problems where during the shipping the screen had broken. There was also the flickering screen issue. At least if, if you've got a problem and you can search for it and you find that other people have got the problem, you kind of breathe a little bit easier and think, well, I've got some information I can take with me and I'm not going to be fobbed off. So I think I just don't like that at all. It, it's it's bad customer relations it really is people are saying they've got problems with them and if they've actually bought one not the kind of people you're talking about where oh i read it in the daily mail and it said and you're thinking you know you've never tried an iphone you don't know what you're talking about you're just regurgitating something you've heard but the people the kind of people who would frequent the apple forums are the ones who are seriously looking um for information and help so to take it away i don't like that i really don't like that at all but obviously it's apple's playground and they can do what they like but i really wish they wouldn't because you then get a double story you've got the story out there that you know the proximity sensor isn't right the camera's yellow the screens are yellow the antenna doesn't work you've got all those stories flying around the media and then by deleting the thread it's a double story then it comes back with a second whammy oh and by the way it must be true because apple have deleted all the threads and then it just oh self-perpetuates and i can't be doing with that i really don't like that at all i mean as we're recording this now the latest is will they um recall them or not I'm thinking, please don't take my iPhone off me. I've got one of the ones that's actually working. Please yeah. don't recall mine. I thought that this afternoon when I saw that. You, you'll prize it out of my dead clammy hand. You really will. I'll spend so long queuing up for it. I'll spend so long configuring it. I don't want to give it back. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, feature-wise, we... Um... We in when we went to... Uh, we actually went to Waterstones, didn't we? Like I say, to annoy the natives. And uh, we tried... Um... FaceTime. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I can't help but think of face palm. Uh, yes, but we tried it. And although it's Wi-Fi only, um, because we had the MiFi with us, yes, we FaceTimed each other from across a table. We Aww. redefined sad. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even walk to, to behind a bookshelf or something. You just sat opposite me. <sighs> Yeah, it's one of those things you've got to try, isn't it? Oh, you've got to try, haven't you? But I remember when I said, right, well, you, you said, oh, you, you've wronged me. And I said, yes, it's a FaceTime call. Oh, I forgot that, you said. <laughs> oh, it was all too exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yes, that worked very well as well, even across the MiFi. I probably sent more data uh, that first day than, than I had for about the last six <laughs> months. Because <laughs> I, usually I'm on Wi-Fi. So, um, absolutely. But um, I was... I didn't buy a dock after after I said I wouldn't and I didn't because um, of the bumper. It doesn't fit with the bumper. I also can't get it to fit in the um, iPad dock with the bumper. But apparently if you're not putting a bumper on it and you have the original dock from the uh, second gen iPhone, that does work. Well, not the second gen, the original iPhone, the, the 2G. Which we don't have. 
No. And the strange thing with that is, although they did sell them in the store, um, it actually came with the original phone. You didn't have to uh, be fleeced. Sorry, uh, buy one uh, from Apple. You were right first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were £19 and, oh, miraculously, they're now 25 And you didn't see their hand move. So it actually came with the original phone. So those people who sold the original phone to fund the purchase of their subsequent phones, they wouldn't have one anyway. So uh, the only people who are likely to have one are those who didn't sell the original phone or actually had a secondary one. So um, if you've got one, you're very lucky. You won't have to uh, go out and buy any more. I'm seriously contemplating uh, a universal dock and possibly not even an Apple universal dock. I found a universal dock that holds four items and I like the look of that. But then I found another one. That one didn't get particularly good reviews, but I did find another one. And this secondary one will also charge an iPad. So, oh, yes, it, it will charge three um, iPhone or iPod touch type devices and an iPad. The only problem is it's not available until the end of next month. So I'm keeping my eye on that one because that will charge four devices and it's only about £5 more expensive than the Apple Universal dock that just charges the one. So I'm holding out at the minute and just using a cable. But even then, not all cables are the same. Um, I've put a piece on my blog about that. Uh, we've got cables going back to the fifth gen iPod video. Um, and they don't fit, not if it's wearing the bumper. The bumper has a slot at the bottom because the bumper isn't just elastic. It looks like elastic, but it's actually sort of tough plastic. And there's a cutout and the cutout is certainly big enough. But inside it um, is, is the rubber band and the rubber band kind of stops the um, dock cable actually seating properly. So um, and I just got a couple of spare replacement cables and I'm rather peeved that they don't work very well. So the one that, that comes with it, which is very, very narrow, it is very narrow indeed. That one works fine. Um, so I'm going to have to try and keep my eye out for some spares of those. I actually like the bumper. I know it's I know it's a bit pricey, but it I think it protects it. And also it means that the backside doesn't actually touch your desk. It's slightly right. You're sniggering. The Sorry. reverse side. That's better. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yes. It doesn't actually touch the desk because I actually took it out of his bumper today for a reason and put it on my desk and you could there's you can tell that it's you know it's glass on on wood and you you're just concerned that you might scratch it. Uh, but it does slightly raise it even though it's like two or three millimeters. It's just slightly raised off the desk, which is good. It just you know bit of a more peace of mind i think um i actually like how it feels um in your hand mm. now when i'm holding the 3g it's like a bar of soap it just slips all over the place even if i've got um i've got a belkin like rubber case that just goes around the back and i've also got a thinner case that i was actually using and as you use it it does kind of um, either either it has got bigger with use or it was never that tight in the first place. And there is a huge difference um, in, in how safe it feels in your hand. So, yes, I'm, I'm quite happy with the bumper. I don't see me getting another case for it. I've seen these videos. They, they really nauseate me, these videos. You know, the ones where they say, like, how, you're paying £25 for this bumper. Um, how much will it protect your phone? And then they proceed to drop it from about six foot. Or smash it on the edge of a fish tank. Yes. And you think, well, 
Of course, <laughs> if you drop it, you'll break it. Or put the it in a blender. Is, yeah, the same's true of anything, isn't it? You, you'd be lucky if you dropped it and it was okay. Um, mm. I don't think I dropped my 3GS and my I 3G. Did. I know you did, and you were incredibly lucky that it only damaged the corner of it. Yeah. But you couldn't expect it not to. I mean, what would they have to make it of to make it indestructible? Stainless. Well, it is stainless steel, but you know, there's the glass issue, isn't it? Yes, but you can't make it. I mean, you could make it of a much stronger material, but you know, it would be like a flask. You wouldn't be able to see it. Mm. So, I'm, I'm, and even then, I mean, they sell these indestructible flasks, don't they? Yeah, my mum got one of those for my dad many years ago. He wrote, he um, it was a transport manager, and he drove over it in a like fifty ton truck. It wasn't indestructible, believe it or not. <laughs> it was sold as indestructible, but uh, it wasn't. So, um, yeah, we went for the black bumpers. That was all they had. Um, there's a couple of pictures out there of the other ones. I'm not 100% sold on some of the others. But uh, each to their own, taste-wise, I suppose. I also found a very good link to um, a list of accessories that will work with iPhone 4, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. But it wasn't just the phone, was it? Um, and iOS 4, the operating system. There was also iMovie. And um, I couldn't find that on the day of release in the store. Um, luckily, some uh, of our Twitter folks pointed me towards it and I was able to download and try it. Um, as I said, I did the, a quick video of the queue, but then I decided I'd take um, a few clips of Maya and um, I'd put them together in iMovie and see what I could do with it. And I deliberately decided to do it without reading any instructions that might be about on the web. Um, I didn't find it 100% intuitive. Um, you you were there when I'm saying I want I want that to go there. What's what's happening? Um, but I did manage to put together a video completely um, on the iPhone four. I think that was the first day we got it um, yeah, in iMovie, I've, and I was impressed. Yeah, I've done it as well, um, and I think I've taken it a bit further. I've got uh, credits, and I've got uh, credits at the end. I've got a soundtrack playing. Um, so. You know, I did. Um, I did have to have a, a a look on the web to find a couple of things because there was there was a couple of things that threw me. But overall, I am impressed. I didn't do the soundtrack with any music because I don't have any music on there. Um, but I did have um Mayor howling his head off. So well, I he's musical, kind of, isn't he? Oh, he's very musical. So I did have that. I did have audio on it. Um, I didn't put entire credits at the end because uh, the theme I decided to use actually had um, a title at the beginning and then you could put a caption in it and there was credits at the end but the credits at the end um, were on the right hand side and obviously when you queue something up to record it you tend to put it in the middle so if I'd have put uh, credits on it it would have been completely over the video so I think once you get to know the themes you'll probably automatically shoot something that would work for the credits um, Especially if it's sort of like a holiday video and, you, and you're sending it back home. So I found it very easy to use in the end. Uh, one thing was, and I think somebody's actually written to Steve, and, and Steve, without the secretary, has written back and said it's coming, is that when you upload from the phone, it only uploads as 320p. But I did find a way around that, which is to use a service called Pixel Pipe. Um, and that installs on your phone and then as you, you save your video back to your camera roll, instead of uploading it uh, through iMovie, 
or any other way you use pixel pipe to upload it and it will upload it to 720p i did two versions of the video and the 720p one is stunning you really really can tell the difference so um i know at the moment it's only 360 um with every other way that you upload but I think if you're on Wi-Fi at home um, and you've got the bandwidth, then you probably would want to upload it as 720. So try Pixel Pipe. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, I've got a Pixel Pipe account. So that's as far as I've got. But what I did do is I actually, when you export the movie, um, it just sticks it back in your camera roll. So I've actually taken it off the camera uh, and just put it onto my uh, laptop to show people. Well, I put it on my laptop and then oh, well, I put it on my computer and then uploaded it from there for one of them. But then I found Pixel Pipe, so I thought oh, I'd give that a go. And apparently some people have actually managed to hack the 3GS and uh, get iMovie installed on there as well. But I don't think I read how well that runs. I know there's a lot of people complaining about, you know, it doesn't do this, doesn't do that. There's, there's not many themes, there's not many transitions. But, you know, I think people have got to realise that, you know, one, it's a version one product. Two, you know, there's got to be limited functionality for the phone. And, you know, three, as I say, um, most phones can, can do video, but how many phones can actually edit video the way that iMovie can and then upload it? I think some can probably top and tail it, and that's probably about it. Um, I, I'm impressed with it. it I'm is a version, impressed. It's a version one product, and I think if it had shipped with the phone, so if it was like an inbuilt app, I think people would be happier with it. I think the fact that you have to buy it, that they're probably expecting a little bit more from it. Yeah. But I like it, I think. There's already been one update, I think. But I'm sure in the future there will be, uh, it will do more. And they will put more themes in it and things. And like I'm saying, to get the best from it, you really need to investigate the theme and see what footage would work best with it. And um, I, I foresee lots and lots of videos uploaded to YouTube and you'll be looking at them thinking, oh, that's an iMovie theme. Yeah. Like I mean, the it's, old ones. It's, it's not Final Cut. It's never going to be Final Cut. It is what it is and it's great for what it does. Exactly, I think. I mean, it's not in. It's it's for the little video type things that you'd upload to YouTube. It's not for some production ready stuff. Although I have seen some fabulous stuff that people have put out there, you know, like uh, f where they've actually attached the phone to. Um, I think there was one of a train, and and it it's fantastic. It really, really is. So it's just how far you want to take it. Mm. Um, and while we're talking about software for the phone, there was a lovely rumor, and I I so hope it's true. Um, that iWork will be coming to the phone. Now, I would have said, no, no, we don't need that. Um, it's just too small for that kind of thing. But to be honest, the Retina display is so good, I think it would actually work. Um, I must admit, when we talked about um, the announcements and Steve was getting so excited about the Retina display and everybody, me, everybody in the chat room, were all saying, yeah, 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 whatever, get on with it. It's got a nice screen, get on with it. He was right again, wasn't he? Uh, you really need to see it to appreciate it. It really does make a difference. Um, I was looking at a book on the iPad and I looked at the same one on the phone and I thought, wow, it is. it just doesn't look like it's a digital screen. It's that good. So um, I'm just imagining how good iWork could look on the phone. And I hope that's a rumour that is true. Although I'm thinking now we're not going to get iWork 10. I, I think it's going to be January. 
I had high hopes for September, so I, I'll still say September, but I'm thinking it'll probably be January at this way. Jan January with a version for the iPhone. Would that do you? Mm. Compromise? Well, you see, I'm, I've been spoiled now by the iPad version and I keep looking at the desktop one and thinking it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. There's no forms in it. And I want, I want. So um, I suppose I could wait till January, but I'd really rather not. Um, also being talked about was um, a cloud-based iTunes for all these lovely iDevices, which I can see happening because they don't seem to be doing much with that massive data centre at the moment. So I can see that happening um, and also wireless syncing. I wasn't overly bothered about wireless syncing until I've got three devices and instead of juggling cables with them, I would actually like to have some degree of wireless syncing involved. Um, but if they're going to put cloud-based iTunes up there, we are really going to have to seriously think about security because also uh, this last weekend there was lots and lots of talk about iTunes being hacked, which to be honest, hacked I don't think is the right word. It was, it was, what would you call it? Compromised. Yes, because I think we, we're still none the wiser really as to how that actually happened and what exactly happened. But um, if the rumours are to be believed and there's lots of... Um, evidence out there from various sources that what seems to have happened is we have had an errant developer in there who was um, hijacking people's accounts to purchase his own apps. I believe they were books of some description uh, and all his apps were shooting up the charts. So the best advice was um, to go and remove your payment details from iTunes and change your password. And I thought, just a minute. You can remove your payment details. I did not know this. I thought you had to put payment details in when you signed up for iTunes and I thought they had to stay there. I, I appreciate you can go in and change them. And obviously in the UK, we can't use PayPal. But I didn't know that you could actually take your credit card details away, but apparently you can. So that was the first thing I did. You go into edit payment information and you set your payment method to none. Now, like I say, I really did not know that was there. I don't venture into my um, account settings that often. I don't remember seeing it, but yes, it's there. So I went in and I did that. Um, it's actually quite handy because I didn't really need it there because we've just recently got some iTunes vouchers. There's been a lot of sales where you can get, um, was it £15 worth? Yeah. No, £30 worth for £20. Um, and some were even half price. So we'd stocked up on uh, iTunes vouchers. So really there was no need to have my credit card in there. So I certainly did that. And then I set about changing the password. And for iTunes, um, I don't have an iTunes account that is identical to my mobile me account. So my iTunes account is my iTunes account. And my mobile me account is completely separate. So changing the password on my iTunes account was painless, absolutely painless. So I changed it for something absolutely hideous that even I now can't remember. So anytime I want to buy something, it is a major pain. I believe you did the same? I did the same, yeah. Um, I know what my password is, though. Oh, yes, well, I try to be far too clever. <laughs> uh, yes. But it's still a lot longer than the old one. So now every time I want to do an update on the um, the apps, yes, I do have to type in a much longer password. 
But it's more secure on the upside. My old one wasn't that insecure, but I thought, well, you know, I was already thinking about changing it because I was working my way through 1Password and making everything much more secure. 1Password has an indicator bar at the bottom. Um, I think it starts off at red, goes through amber, and then onto green when it's secure. So what I've been doing is putting in new passwords and making sure that that indicator goes right the way across into the green. Um, so I decided I would do it for iTunes, that was fine, but then I started thinking about mobile me. Oh yes, changing a mobile me password. In a word, a nightmare. Yes, another one. Oh dear me. I had read um, a while back, a couple of months back, um, a very good article on the unofficial Apple weblog and it was somebody who had done exactly the same thing. They were using one password and going through and checking out insecure passwords and replacing them and they changed their password on Dropbox and then they tried to do exactly the same on Mobile Me. And with Dropbox, it was a complete doddle. With Mobile Me, he had a nightmare. So I'd already read this and I realised it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. But I thought, well, if it's planned correctly, how far wrong could it go? Yes, I love those rhetorical questions. So, um... I was sitting there planning it out uh, with multiple devices, multiple iDevices, computers, desktops, uh, web services. You know, I'm sitting there thinking all the places that I need to change my mobile me. And as usual, you dived straight in to make the change, didn't you? I did. And as usual, you saved me from myself. Well, it's trickier than you'd think. That's the problem. Uh, you've got multiple devices. In my case, I've got... Uh, Oh, what have I got? I've got three iMacs. Oh, we're two, bragging now, are we? Yes, two Mac Minis and a laptop to sort out. So there's there's six desktops in a way, six computers. And, and by this stage, I had three iDevices as well, all attached to the same account. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, there's also all the things you don't think about, um, like the applications that you've got on the iDevices that don't use the saved password at the system level. You actually have to go into each one and put the password in. So I'm sitting there making network diagrams and planning as you're tinkering. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, the thing is, because it's synchronising as, as you're changing the password, you're going to start getting error messages on machines. Um, and you know that error that was driving me insane where you're going to change 5% of your data, which has now changed to 25%. 25%. Yes, it is now. Um, I was thinking I don't want to be seeing that all day. So that's why I was planning it. And what I was going to do was um, designate one of the machines as a master machine and say that the data that's on this machine is completely up to date. And then once everything was changed and all the passwords were changed, my intention was to upload that data and overwrite everything on mobile me remotely and then go around each machine and overwrite that machine's data by pulling it down from mobile me. And I figured that way I wouldn't be seeing synchronisation messages from now till Christmas. And that was fine. Um, that went absolutely fine. But even then, when I'd done all that and I got all my devices synchronised and everything, there's still a gotcha. And this one was a nasty one. I didn't notice straight away, but when I plugged an iDevice in and um, I went into iPhoto, and iPhoto started complaining and giving me lots of error messages. It was putting up warning triangles and messages and saying it couldn't synchronise here and this didn't exist. And I thought, what is going on? Now, how you change your mobile me password on a computer looks 
deceptively simple. You go into your system preferences, you go into mobile me and you just change the username and password. And that's what I'd done. But iPhoto apparently does not get its information from there. It keeps it somewhere else. Now, having said it doesn't get it from there, it certainly doesn't check your mobile me settings more than once. It seems to check the mobile me settings the first time you use it. And then it makes itself an entry in the keychain. And it never checks it again. Now, the problem was it doesn't tell you that it's doing that. So you go to your mobile me and it's saying to you, this password's wrong, this password's wrong. And you're thinking it's not. It's not because if it was, nothing else would be working. And the thing was, everything else was working. So um, what you need to do is to actually go into the keychain, find the precise entry. You then have to authenticate yourself and change the password in that keychain entry. Now, I did that and it worked. Now, if you're not comfortable doing that, then at a minimum, you need to go into your keychain and you need to delete the entry. If you delete it, then it will recreate it with the correct password. But it's I actually found it easy to just go in and put the password in there. But even then, when I did that, I wasn't finished because the next thing it did, only it didn't tell me that it had done this, because iPhoto had got giddy with it, it actually turned the synchronisation off. So I had mine syncing automatically and uh, everything was going backwards and forwards to all my iDevices, fine. But as soon as I opened iPhoto, had the problem, closed iPhoto, updated the keychain entry, I didn't go back into mobile me to check it was still set to sync because why wouldn't it be? Well, because iPhoto did something to it and it had actually turned the sync off. So it was the next day before I thought, why aren't all these appointments coming through to all my devices? And I went back in to find that it had turned the synchronisation off. So at that point, I needed to be again sure which machine was my master machine and then overwrite the stuff on mobile me from that machine and then pull everything back down from mobile me. So... It was one of those situations where it was all right in the end. What I found most annoying with it was there are so many places to enter that new password, particularly on your iDevices. Your desktop is pretty much two places that I've found so far, the second of which is this iPhoto entry, which is evil to hide it. It really is evil. There is really no, there's, there's no message to give you an indication of where it is. It's really a nasty one, that, I think. But on all your iDevices, if you've got mobile files installed, uh, you've got the gallery app installed, you've got to go around and you've got to put um, the password in again in all of those. But the worst thing I found was on the website where you actually change your password, uh, me.com, in your settings, for reasons best known to themselves, there is no copy and paste into the password field which is ludicrous. I can, I can understand from a UI perspective, it's a password. You don't want people to be copying and pasting. Okay, fair enough. But when one password exists and one password has made you a beautiful password, the chances of me typing it incorrectly are slim to non-existent. So what I would like to do is, you know, it's in one password. I'm not going to get it wrong. I just want to paste it in. And you can't. I found that the worst thing of the lot. So um, it was so horrible 
I won't be doing it again in a hurry, I'll tell you that. Um, but I, I've written up my experiences on my blog, so I'll put a link to that as well. Um, and, and I'll give you sort of the process that I went through, which one side rescued you from yourself worked for you as well, didn't it? Yeah, it worked for me. No problem. <laughs> you said that very nonchalantly. <laughs> I know the truth. <laughs> yeah. And while we're talking about mobile me, there's also um, a new calendar beta out, which I've requested an invite. It looks gorgeous. Um, it pretty much looks like the iPad version. So I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah, it uh, works best with, what did it say, Safari 5, Firefox 3.6 and IE8. So I won't be using it at work anytime soon, although I do have the iPad and iPhone. So as much as I'd like to, to use it, that will be limited to my Mac. Well, I need Firefox 3.6 because I made the mistake of installing the Firefox 4 beta. Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, it, it's not working. <laughs> now, maybe it's just me, but um, never mind tabs at the top. I've got every toolbar button uh, replicated six times at the top of mine, so I've got very little room to actually see the web page. So I need I need to be getting rid of that, I'm afraid. Um, it's a shame about IE. Um if it were if it would go in IE seven, you'd be okay. But um, no, that actually doesn't support that many browsers, does it? But it is a very very nice interface. It's probably all HTML five and shiny, so it does look very nice. Actually, even in IE seven, the uh, the current version of, um, of of Mobile Me, it does come up and say uh, you you're not fully supported with this browser. Hmm. I can understand it in a way, um, but you know, three browsers isn't many to support, is it? Especially not in corporate environments where they don't update regularly. No. But onward. iPad, iPad, iPad. iPad, iPad. iPad. Yeah, um, iPhone Day wasn't just about the iPhone, was it? Um, certainly not when you got your bit between the teeth with Vodafone. Well... Vodafone. Oh, yes. Well, seeing as though I was there and seeing as though there was a Vodafone store, I thought I'd put my plan into action, which was um, I got the 3G iPad and Steve said, oh, yes, I'm quoting Steve now. Steve said you did not need a contract. So I thought what I'll do is I'll get um, a Vodafone SIM, uh, an orange SIM and an O2 SIM. And I would use them wherever it made sense or in a, in a circumstance, maybe if I wanted sort of 10 days worth of data, it would work out cheaper from one than another. Oh, it all made logical sense. Uh, first thing I tried to do was order all three SIMs when I ordered my iPad and Apple were having none of it. You had to choose one. So I thought, well, I don't like Vodafone to start with and um, I'm already with O2, so I'll go for the orange one. Uh, that was so lucky. Um, I, it arrived on the day. I didn't realise you actually needed one. So I put that in. It all sorted. Orange were fabulous. But I thought, well, I might as well have the other two as well. You can never have too many Sims. I mean, we need to fit, keep that drawer full, don't we? We do. So I thought, right, I'll go into Vodafone, just pop in, get a pay-as-you-go SIM, get um, some details of what packages they offer, and then I'll be good to go if I need to use it. So I went in and... Um, they don't do pay-as-you-go. I thought, just a minute, Steve said. Uh, they told me that they only do rolling 30-day contracts. So I thought, fine, you know, I don't have to have it for month two. But if I want to sim today and I only want to use some data, you know, when I'm on holiday, five weeks from now, can we sort that out today, guys? And the answer was, yes. What you'll have to do is, 
you'll have to pay for a month up front and then we'll give you a sim and I said no 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 no. what I want to do is have the sim today and then I'll use the data as and when you know I'll, I'll instigate a 30-day rolling contract for when I want to use it and he said no so you have to pay at least one month in hand to even set it up. Now, you were saying the same about uh, their pay-as-you-go on the phone. Yeah, it's pretty much the same issue I had with the phone. Which I think is a rip-off. Um, that's not the essence of it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I know Orange and O2 don't do that. They give you the SIM. Uh, Orange actually give you £10 credit. So I'm actually £10 in credit with Orange. Um, and you use it as and when you want. So you either pay with Orange, for instance, five pence a meg um, up to a maximum of 40 pounds a month. Or you can buy bundles. So if you want 200 meg over a day, you can buy that. I think that's is it two pounds or five pounds, something like that. Something like that. I think yeah. It's a couple of quid. It's not that much. Um, or you can get a 30 day where you can get three gig. Or you've got a choice. But you actually have the SIM in your hand and well, actually in the iPad. And it's ready to go, but not with Vodafone. No, you actually have to sign it up. So I'm calling that the Vodafone contract con. You need me in a contract for 30 days that I don't need the data. So I said, well, what if I'm going on holiday with it and, and you know, I want to set it up for a go, but I don't actually want to use it yet. Oh, you can't do that. So I wasn't impressed with that at all. I don't know why I bother going in Vodafone. <laughs> My blood pressure just shoots off the scale as soon as I set eyes on them. There's always something with Vodafone, and the customer service is absolutely shocking. Mind you, it's not all been bad news with customer service, has it? No, it hasn't. No, we um, had we did have trouble in Paradise, didn't we, with our iPhones? We did. Um, it was we picked them up on the Thursday. By the Friday night, neither of us could get three G. And although there were stories of the battery life being amazing, we weren't seeing that, were we? Hardly. Oh, good grief, no. <laughs> the, 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 um, we both turned on the percentage thing. That's driving me mad. I'm becoming obsessive checking the percentage. <laughs> Same with me. I'm thinking I might have to turn it off before I drive myself around the bend. Oh, it's only lasted 79%. I know, I know, it's dreadful. You start thinking, oh, it's only on 83%. But if you actually look at the bar, if that was your 3G, you'd be thinking, oh, it's virtually fully charged. <laughs> it's, it's all in the mind. But anyway, back to the battery. Uh, it, the battery was lasting, I think mine lasted four hours. Yeah, I think mine was about the same. It was dropping as you were looking at it. And I said, this is ridiculous what's going on. And of course, we'd, we'd only had the phones just over 24 hours. We were still in the midst of, you know, the antenna isn't working and there's yellow screens and, and this and that. And we were thinking, never mind that, the battery's dying. Uh, what was happening was in, in the absence of 3G, well, it was saying there was 3G. I think that was the problem. And it was constantly trying to connect and connect and connect and connect. And it couldn't. Um, it was obviously a very localised problem. And all the while it sat there, it's trying to connect. And that was draining the battery. Uh, at least it was happening to the pair of us. Luckily, it was also happening to my poor father. So we knew it wasn't an iPhone 4 issue, or we were hoping it wasn't an iPhone 4 issue. Um, so then we put up with it till the Saturday, didn't we? And, and it was getting no better. So at that point, I said, you're going to have to ring them, you know. But it was very strange because I've never seen anything quite so localised as this was. It was only happening within about half a mile of here. Yeah, very, very localised, like you say. 
you know, if, if you ventured a little bit further out, it was as if somebody had put a blanket over MacBytes headquarters and surrounding district for about half a mile. And outside that, it was absolutely fine. And I'm thinking, you know, you would need a lot of people to complain before they're going to believe that it's not you. Because obviously you ring them up and you get the usual. Have you turned it off and on again? Do you know what you're doing? And I can't deal with that. I really can't deal with that at all. I lose my patience after... Ooh, 20 seconds or do you think that's a bit much uh, she leaves me to deal with that don't you so i said could, could you get on to them and tell them that you know something's broken somewhere so bless your heart you did didn't you um i think it took quite a few phone calls though before you actually got through to um somebody who could actually deal with it uh, and we were trying to explain to them that you know they were saying like well i, I was hearing tales of Oh, there's an antenna problem with that. You know, it's all up. And I think, no, 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 no. No, I've got a full phone signal and the phone's working. You're talking to me on it. The phone's fine. It's just the 3G. Um, I didn't expect us to get anywhere with that. I thought it was going to be one of those problems like with your ISP when that goes down. It would come back or it wouldn't come back and you just have to wait. Um, but eventually, uh, I think you got a call, didn't you? And engineering said they were working on it. Yeah, they, uh, they had picked it up uh, and they were actually dealing with it there and then which was fine um but we were still having problems and, and virtually leaving the phone plugged in because if you didn't um it, it was just dying within hours which is scary when you're trying to test the battery and you're testing every other issue on it and you're thinking how's the proximity sensor and and the things trying to connect to 3g um but then i think you were out i think it was either the sunday or the monday and um an engineer rang me, an O2 engineer rang me. Well, actually, he rang my father first, didn't he? Of course, he's half deaf, couldn't hear a word he was saying. So I got put on to me. He was fabulous. He was absolutely fabulous. He agreed there was a, a fault. He was trying to sort it out, um, leave it with him, etc. He'd ring me and then he'd ring me back. Brilliant. The customer service was fabulous. I really didn't expect any customer service like that from anybody, never mind a mobile phone company. Um, but at the stage, we were also having various other issues at this stage. Um, I would ring you and I could, you couldn't hear me, but I could hear you and you could hear yourself and it was all echoey. There was obviously a problem somewhere. Um, but then about this was about five or six days later, the 3G had come back and then we were having trouble with the, the, the phone calls. Then that came back and then the 3G went again. But at this stage, they had actually tracked it down. And, and instead of like other companies that were busy saying, oh, well, it's the World Cup and it's a bit busy, um, they were actually dealing with it. And they found a fault and the fault turned out to be not on their equipment, which made sense because I was having exactly the same symptoms on my Vodafone phone. So it was obviously where the local uh, masts for each company must connect to a national backbone somewhere. And that was obviously the problem. And we were hearing from friends who live not too far away. They were having problems on Orange as well. So that was obviously what the issue was. Um, and the guy stuck with me with it. And I said, well, I'd rather you didn't close the ticket on this until we've tested this or until we've done that. And he said, that's absolutely fine. You know, I'll ring you back. You know, what day would you like me to ring you back? What time would be best? And I thought, good grief. He was absolutely brilliant. So um, James from O2, man with a spanner, man with a screwdriver, was absolutely brilliant. I think we had the ticket open for about two weeks uh, until in the end, everything came together. So um, a complete contrast to uh, Vodafone. Absolutely. 
So there we go. One up. Well, thumbs up for um, O2. Well, I'm loving my iPad for reading books. Um, but one question I've heard about three times from various people asking me is, OK, I've got these EPUBs. Um, how do I read them on my computer? Now, we've talked before about Calibre. I think you've mentioned Calibre and it's fabulous. Um, it's an ebook library and reader. But there's also another one called Adobe Digital Editions and that is free. Um, you drag and drop your EPUBs into it or, you know, file open, open your EPUBs and it gives you um, a library. So you get full library management, pretty much like on your iPad. Um, you have table of contents navigation and your bookmarks in there. So pretty much it's very similar to the, to the iPad, but it's on your computer. You have font options. You can search um, your books and it's something that I've used before. But what you've got to remember with these things is not all EPUBs are equal, sadly. Yeah. Oh, didn't you have an issue with um, Adobe Digital Editions a while back? I did, and it was horrible, and I swore I'd never use it again. Um, it wasn't actually Adobe's fault. It was a publisher who was selling EPUBs, uh, and they had DRM built in them. Now, Adobe Digital Editions will work with DRMless EPUBs, but it will also work with those with DRM in. Now, what happened to me was you should be able to download anything with DRM in, to multiple devices, but I think there is a limit on it, probably similar to the way the DRM works on Kindle devices. What happened to me was um, Adobe Digital Editions at the time only worked on Windows and I needed an e-copy of the book, so I had it in Windows. But I didn't have it on a physical Windows device. I had it in uh, Fusion or Parallels and it was fine until I updated the software for Fusion or Parallels. I think it was Parallels at the time. And you know how it needs then to re-justify itself with the mothership at Microsoft? Well, I did all that. It thought I had changed the hardware, despite the fact that I obviously hadn't. But then what happened was it assumed, Digital Editions and the DRM assumed that I was trying to be devious and that it was another machine. So it locked me out, which was fabulous. So, um, it does work very well with DRM free publications. What I ended up doing was getting onto Adobe and they managed to unlock it for me. But um, I swore then I would not go down the DRM book route ever, ever again. And uh, I must admit, I haven't. So I was glad to see when the Mac version came out that it does work with DRM free publications. Now, that meet the precise specification for EPUBs. And guess what? Apple EPUBs don't precisely meet the spec. So what I've done is I've got lots of eBooks from O'Reilly and all my O'Reilly DRM free books work great. But I did get the old Winnie the Pooh book and try and open that in digital editions and I'm not having much luck with it. And it's all to do with it meeting the precise spec. So I, that concerned me as well because I thought you could potentially get an EPUB and the fact that it's an EPUB does not mean that it will even work on your iPad because it, it needs to meet a spec and there's obviously at the moment it's not locked down specifically enough. But if you do have DRM free publications, then download Adobe Digital Editions. It's got a very nice interface. I think it's built in Adobe Air and um, it's very nice to look at. It works very fast. And um, 
I know Calibre's there and Calibre has a lot more features. So if you're already using Calibre, you might think mm, this is pretty basic. It's just a viewer. It is, but because it's just a viewer, you know, it's a bit faster. And much as I love Calibre, I can't say I'm over enthusiastic about the interface. So um, I've been reading some of mine in Adobe Digital Editions. But it's not only software this week. We have had new hardware arrivals at MacBytes HQ in the form of toys of an adult nature. Mm, I've got one and I can uh, confirm that they do in fact look like a toy. How would I know what a toy of an adult nature looks like? Never mind, never mind. Yes, what we're talking about is two more power monkeys. We already had a power monkey and uh, we've got two more. Well, you you can't not buy two more when it's almost half price. They were only nineteen ninety nine. Um, our first one was proof of concept um, with our iPhones, but uh, what we did with it was we now have a MiFi, and um, one of the problems with the MiFi is it will last for four hours, but obviously when we're out, it'll probably be longer than well, it'd be four hours to get out of the car park, wouldn't it? Um, you can plug it in to a USB, but if you're out with your iPad and your iPhone and not your laptop, what are you supposed to plug it into? So I decided I'd try it with the Power Monkey. The Power Monkey itself ships with a little cotton bag. And in the cotton bag, you'll find, oh, I think it's about nine or ten um, little adapters for various things. And they, they it covers everything. Um, I think there's even one in there for the Sony Cly. Now, my battery went years ago, but... Um, mobile phones, cameras, you name it. Standard USB stuff, all sorts. And one of them was the very strange micro USB that the Novatel MiFi works, works with. So I thought, right, let's see if this works. Now, the thing is with the MiFi, sometimes if you're charging it, if you're charging it from the USB, it will not work with wireless. It will work on the device that you're charging it from. It virtually turns it into a modem. What I needed to know was, if this is charging from the Power Monkey, will it still provide the wireless network? Is it the same as plugging it into the wall? Um, or, or will it not give it enough power to um, keep the Wi-Fi going? And the good news was it did. So uh, we had it with us and we virtually killed the MiFi in the morning and then I plugged it into the Power Monkey and um, yes, it was a little awkward carrying it round, I'll grant you. But uh, once it was slung in your bag and the two were attached, it went on and on all day. So the opportunity to get two at virtually half price was just too good to, to miss. The only thing with it is it doesn't seem to work on the iPad. Um, it might be trickle charging. Or it might charge it if the screen's turned off, but obviously I can't tell then whether it says charging or not. And um, the battery is just so good on the iPad, I haven't actually needed to charge it. But on the uh, iPhones, I found no problem with it at all. But of course, you did. Yeah, I got a strange message. Uh, really? This, yeah, this accessory is not optimised for this iPhone. I thought, what's that? Anyway, it turned out to be the, the bumper. So it wasn't pushed in properly. The bumper was knocking it out. As soon as I took the bumper off, it was fine. I keep telling you to push things in properly. Mm. Anyway, something which is optimised for iPad and iPhone is Woodpad, as we mentioned last time. The more pleasing iPad stand for those times when you don't want a high-tech approach, such as in the living room. And last week, I caught up with designer James Turner to learn all about Woodpad, the concept, the design, the prototypes and the production. We chatted via iChat, so audio quality issues are all Apple's fault. But hey, Apple are getting the blame for everything else this week, so why not? 
Right, okay, so a very warm Matt Bites welcome to James from Robert J. Turner and Company, also known as Woodpadman. Hello, James. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. You good? So, are you going to uh, tell us all about uh, what you do? Well, yes, I mean, well, the main line of business is uh, cabinet making and joinery, but um, as you are aware, we launched a product for the iPad, which is uh, known as Woodpad, um, and it was conceived from pretty much um, needing a stand because I, I imported my iPad early from the States because I was getting a bit miffed that we didn't have them yet. So you were I an thought, impatient boy. <laughs> yes. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll import one, which was all great fun and um, lots of people following it around on Twitter because I was sort of giving people lots of updates and things. So it was all it was all quite exciting. But um, I was sort of had it there in my desk and I thought, well, I could do something to stand this in because I wasn't very keen on the, the Mac um, or on the, on the Apple um, dock. Well, you know my sentiments on that now. Well, yeah, because it's quite small and it's a bit wobbly, you know, just a, just a plain dock. And it was, um, well, I don't really need one of those because the, the battery life is so good on an iPad. Why do I need a, why do I need a dock? And I don't really use it that way up much. So I just made myself a stand out of a bit of MDF, cut the groove in it. I thought, oh, that'll do. Tweeted it and people were saying, oh, I like that. Can you do me one? <laughs> and um, it went from there, really. Um, so I made up a, a couple of MDF ones, which was the first one, really. It was just a bit of a slab of MDF with a groove in it, basically. And um, I played about with it and thought, oh, this is good. And we were using it, using it at home a lot. And kids were using it at home a lot and playing things like Plants vs. Zombies. And, and um, it just sort of got tweaked up a bit, changing the angle. And the first one I did, I, I thought, well, this is all right. But then I put another angle in the back, so we've got two angles. The... Um, the 15 degrees is nice for just sitting it there or and using it as a stand for using it as a, a picture frame uh, or for charging. Um, but for using it with a Bluetooth keyboard, you need a bit laying it back slightly so you can use it like a, at a desk. So, so one's um, really sort of made for video watching, which was my argument with the dock, that the dock just didn't hold it in the right way to uh, optimise the yeah. video watching. Yeah. So. It, I, um, I sent a few samples out to just some, some pre-production bits to a couple of people just to see what they thought in MDF, just in its raw state, so people could see if the angle was right and it works okay. And, and uh, yeah, it came back good. We, we made a few changes to the design and, and, and put a, had a thicker piece of timber uh, so it supports the back a bit more, which is the current design, really. So we went through about three prototypes as such. Um, of the basic design and, that, and came up with the current one which has got the, the higher back so it gives a bit some more support um, which is the same height actually as the Apple dock but of course it's that much wider so it's I think it's something like 40% more support than the, than the Apple one um, so um, I eventually got around to doing the website and I got the website and PayPal and everything else all going within a week Got some production made, and um, I yeah. thought it was really oh. brilliant that we were able to follow the uh, manufacturing process. You kept putting some pictures up of each yes. step of the way, and that was really interesting. Yeah, I thought it might be. So, I, yeah, we were taking pictures as it went through uh, the various stages in the in the in the, the timber as it came in in its raw state of sawn boards um, and prepared, you know, and then grooved and all the various bits and bobs. And yeah, I thought it would give some give everybody an insight to what was going on. 
Um, and then I put them on the website as well, so to give people a bit more interesting one. And um, so the, the website has sort of evolved over the course of the last few weeks. I, I have actually updated it slightly today. Not done much with it, but just added a few more um, pieces of information from people who have, uh, who have received theirs in the post. Um, and who seems to be very pleased. It's, I've got some very nice feedback. Everybody's very, very pleased with it and getting lots of use. And of course, your iPhone 4 fits in it as well, which is quite good. Oh, I was so excited when that arrived, yes. Um, it's actually lighter than I thought it would be. I thought yeah. um, you'd have trouble if you wanted to take it around with you. But it's actually very portable as well. It's nice yeah. and light. Well, the I, rubber feet work brilliantly. Yes, well, that was that was something else we found, that um, without the rubber feet, if you're touching the screen to do the various things you do with an iPad, then of course it moves about. So I thought, well, I'll put some rubber feet on it, which I had. So... Um, so yeah, put some little rubber feet on it, grips hold of whatever you're sitting on very nicely. So you can use the iPad as an iPad, yeah. Well I can confirm that it certainly grips very nicely. Um, but it's not it's not sort of difficult to pick up or move as well, so it's the best of yeah. both worlds. And it's very portable. Yes, I did put my iPhone 4 in it because um <laughs> I was busy taking pictures with it and I just looked at it and I thought, I wonder, because obviously um, I talked about the very expensive elastic band and yes, yes. I did buy one. I know, what can I say? <laughs> I knew I would. <laughs> I knew I would when I got there. And uh, the problem with it is I'm finding that nothing uh, is working very well with it. The only thing that, that seems to work without issue is to actually plug in the charging cable. But if you want it stood up in uh, either orientation or you want to charge it with an old cable, you've had it. So I looked at this and I thought, well, it doesn't quite fit in with the bumper. It fits in fabulously without it, but it will actually hold it. So uh, when I've got it there and I, I've got video on it, it's absolutely perfect oh, um, in the wood pad. I think like you're saying, it's the fact that the back is higher. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't quite fit in at the front, but it's got enough sort of grip on it that it, it's quite safe. So um, I've been putting it in there. And yes, I did take it out of the bumper and it worked very well as well. So I know when I tweeted it out, you got people coming back and that they wanted them for the iPhone, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. So I, I've, um, I've given it some thought about that. And the, we could quite easily do a, a run of iPhone pads as well. Um, so that's something that we may well be thinking of doing in the future to, uh, to add into the, to the product line. That's uh, absolutely fabulous. So, uh, again, we can do a choice of timbers, the same as we've got now. Which we'll... So what timber choices have people got? Well, we currently have um, American... Well, most of these timbers are American. So they are, you've got ash, oak, cherry, um, and maple, which they're the sort of American timbers. Um, and there's also sahili, which is a, a, a type of mahogany. Um, so you've got a quite a good range of colours there, ranging from the sort of very light, creamy colours down to a sort of dark brown. The cherry is a nice uh, reddy brown, and you've got the dark red of the sapini. So there's a pretty good range of colours there, um, and they most of them seem to be as popular as one another. The, the least favourite is the sapini, but probably because it's a bit old school. But the uh, got a good range of colour, um, but they all seem to be as equally popular as another. Oh, well, that's which, good. Yeah, which was a surprise. I thought there would be more selling than, than, than others, but um, well, it makes it slightly easier for production if they're all selling as well as each other. But... <laughs> well, I went for the cherry, and uh, it kind of matches pretty much everything. 
Um, my computer desk, I, I've got actually three desks. <laughs> That's typical, isn't it? And two of them are the very light colour. Um, I don't know whether it would be ash. It, it's not pine. Yeah. It's not yellowy yeah. like pine. But um, the cherry goes very, very well with it. It's a little bit darker, but it's got beautiful markings on it, the cherry. I think possibly yeah, more so than some of the others. Yeah, so it's it quite a few great. people have been um, having trouble choosing the colour because they, they said there's so much choice. We don't know which one to have. You know, and even if you haven't got a, a definite colour to match, you can always go for a contrast. So you can have a, mm. a dark wooden desk and have a light coloured wood desk. So there's, uh, there's all sorts of options. Oh, that's, the, the, that's the thing you see. Apple don't give you a choice, do they? Everything's either no. white. No. Well, they do, I suppose, with the nanos, but... Um, you know, you've either got black or white, so it's a fairly simple choice. But I was spoilt for choice as well, I must admit. Um, I'd ruled out the very lightest one and the very darkest one, but that still left me with a choice of three. Uh, and I decided I, I like the rich sort of orangey colour. Um, do they all sort of wear the same or will they change colour over time as some woods do? They're all, um, because of the type of use you're going to do with, a, with an iPad, there's not really going to be a lot of wear. So the, um, they should all, all be the same, unless you're going to be around the floor there's not really going to much damage to them really they're, they're, they're all polished with a, um, a pre-catalyst lacquer which is a um, type of polish that's used on uh, most furniture will use that type of, um, of finish and it's pretty hard wearing so um, they should go on for many 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 years yes so what we really need to do is just buy a selection of colors then we're not going to need to replace it we just need to buy different colors yep. lots of choices so you can have one in every room yeah absolutely so uh, we talked about iphone in it and it does uh, fit the iphone 4 very nicely especially without the bumper i found another use this week you're going to hate me oh yeah um, i've got uh, like i know you have um, a usb keyboard uh, not usb a wireless keyboard Oh, yes. That's it, it's, uh, I don't actually use it with my Mac. It's solely to use with my iPad um, yes, when I'm okay. out and about making notes. And it was flopping around my desk, getting in the way of the other keyboard. And I, you know, it's not actually attached to anything at this stage. It's not connected. And I'm busy typing on it, wondering why nothing's appearing on the screen. And there was my wood pad. And I thought, I wonder. And do you know what? It stands up in it perfectly. Yeah, no, I, I do the same thing actually. <laughs> I should put a picture of it on the on the website because it's an ideal spot to, to store your keyboard behind the wood pad at the same or behind your iPad at the same time. Exactly, you can put it in. Well, you know what, whichever one you've not got your iPad stood in, um, your keyboard yeah. will slot into nicely. So yeah. you see, we're, we're even making up our own um, things to do with it as well. So I you thought it was just for an iPad. I've usually got to, my keyboard is at home because of any keyboard stuff I'm doing at work is always. On the uh, on the iMac, but um, so the although my iPad never leaves my side for long, the uh, the keyboard itself is usually at home, so uh, it's it's quite happily sitting there in my my maple wood pad, which is at home. <laughs> There's a I've got an ash one on my desk, which is, which is actually a pre-production wood pad, but it's um it's the exact um exactly the same as the the actual production ones. It was one of the first ones that were made for the. Uh, taking pictures on the website actually, so uh, we made a, a quick one, and uh, which was one I actually made myself this one, and um, I'm just grasping it from the desk. Um, so this is the the initial one that I'm grasping with my hand now, which was actually made by me. Oh, woodpad one. Yeah, woodpad one, the actual woodpad one. Yeah. But the uh, yes, well, another of my favourite timbers. That's fantastic. So where can people go if they want to buy one and how much are they? Well, the best place to go is woodpad.co.uk. 
they start at 14.95 for the ash wood pad and go up to 16.95 for the cherry and they vary in between for the various other timbers. Um, 4.95 for postage and packing. Um, if you order more than one, the postage and packing is less. Um, that's the best place to go. Fantastic. So, wish you well with Woodpad, and um, here's to the iPhone pad and keyboard pad and everything else pad. Lovely. Thank you very much. So, we'll put details of all that in the show notes, and we'd like to extend our thanks to James for talking to us about Woodpad. Yes, thank you, James. And on to some events to tell you about. This Thursday, the 15th of July, uh, Elaine is running a session on Adobe Fireworks CS5, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, We'll be in the chat room as normal from about 7.30. Presentation starts at 8.00. And 29th of July, another date for your diary, is Google Wave. Presentation all about Google Wave. So come and learn all about that, what it is and what it isn't. Again, starts at 8 o'clock, chat from 7.30, and you can find out all about it by going to macbytes.co.uk slash live online. And if you're thinking, hmm, Adobe Fireworks, who's going to want to know? I may do. I just, well, may I just say, iPhone, iPad prototypes. Hmm, that should be enough, yes. shouldn't it? should get them coming. Anyway, on to the folks that I shamefully missed last time. I knew I would. It was your fault. You should have reminded me. But just a few that I can now remember. Yes, there was Derek and Rose and Simon and Dan. Oh, and a whole host of others. I'm I'm ashamed. I really am. Anyway, we heard from Jane73 this week. She said, thanks for another giggle inducing episode. It made my day of washing and cleaning so much easier. She really needs taking a hand as Jane, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Yes, she was sorry she had to miss uh, our Matt Bikes chat, but it's 3am in Perth. It's really not on that, you know. But she had fantastic news, which was a couple of weeks back, the very first official Apple store in the whole of Western Australia opened handily on her doorstep. And I've since seen pictures of uh, said opening and... Jane got toys. Oh, I'm so jealous. Jane's got toys. And I do believe that she's visited since as well. So congratulations, Jane. I'm so glad you have a local branch of the mothership. Every town should have one. And we also heard from Steve Sheridan, who said thank you for another great Matt Bites episode, albeit a bit long in the coming. Can't imagine what he means, you know. Uh, The sound balance between you two has improved. I can now hear Mike over the background noise in the car. We are people listening to us in the car. Mm. We hear that quite a lot, don't we? He says, have you changed your post-processing? Um, No, no, um, I haven't. No. But Mike did say something, didn't you? Did I? Oh, you've <laughs> yeah. completely forgotten. Yes, when I, when I read what you'd put, Steve, to Mike, Mike said, no, that's just me speaking up a bit. Oh, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I shall have to go into detail of what I did and didn't do with the post-processing, but uh, glad you're enjoying it, Steve, and glad you can now hear us as well. Okay, that's it for another MacBytes. Uh, Please keep the comments coming, and thanks for all your feedback on the website and via Twitter. You can contact us via the website, or you can contact us via email at uh, macbytes at gmail.com. Shall we try that again with the right email address? Um, Yes. (laughs) It's late. <laughs> MacBytesUK at gmail.com. 
You can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. You can contact me on Twitter. Keep up to date with what I'm doing at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. You can follow me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. <laughs> so until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing you MacBytes. See you next time. Goodbye and see you next time. Ah, oh, the ends get worse and worse, don't they? <laughs> it is ten past one in the morning. Uh, well, it was early when we started. Oh, I think we've done it again, you know. <laughs> <laughs>